of the Line podcast. I, I'm your host, Chris Marshall. Um, hello. Uh, and we're back with another episode of There's Your Dinner, where we bring together a shared passion for football and food, both getting to know a familiar face from the world of Scottish women's football. And this time, I'm joined by a Scotland international, a Women's World Cup goal scorer, and everyone's favourite Fiorentina forward, uh, Lana Cleland. Uh, Lana, ciao e come stai? <laughs> Tutto bene, grazie. Tu? Uh, yeah, Spanish is more my, my sound, <laughs> but... Uh, I thought I'd give it a bash anyway. How is your Italian? Yeah, uh, I mean, after six years, if I wasn't fluent, then I'd probably be disappointed. So, yeah, it's all right. Perfect. Well, Lana has very kindly agreed to join me today on the podcast. We're going to talk about our life in Italy and our career to date. And then we're going to get to the good bit, well, the good bit, I think, anyway, which is talking about food. And obviously, you've been in Italy for a long time, Lana, so I'm expecting some some good stuff. See what we've got for you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, but, yeah, let's, let's start with... Um, Let's start with how life is in Italy at the moment. Obviously, a few things going on. Um, you just obviously come back uh, kind of from a long-term injury. So how's, how's things in general at the moment? Yeah, I obviously struggled with an injury for the last seven months. So I'm um, happy to be back on the pitch. Um, obviously, being out injured, it's never an easy stage um, of being an athlete. So I'm glad that's over and done with. I'm just looking, looking to go forward and get some more game time throughout the season. Yeah, you mentioned more game time throughout the season. So when we're recording this just now, the obviously coronavirus outbreak is running wild. It's been affecting fixtures in Italy as well. It's been affecting Fiorentina. How's that been, especially coming back from injury? Yeah, I mean, I guess one hand it's annoying because you prepare for games throughout the week and then trying to get cancelled is quite annoying. Um, personally, coming back from injury, the games that could get pushed further away probably gives me a little bit of a bit of a hand in getting more game time throughout the season. So. 50-50 at this moment in time. 50-50. <laughs> so has there like been a communication? Because I've seen a little bit about it, Lana, but in terms of you as a player, do you get get information like ahead of time when stuff like this happens? Um, no. So obviously we knew there was a little bit of an outbreak of it. Um, we actually drove to Milan um, up in the bus on the Saturday night for the Sunday game. We arrived, we had dinner, we went to bed and we woke up in the morning with the, the message saying that the game that day had been cancelled um, due to the coronavirus. And kind of from there, it just kind of exploded. We were just playing on the Wednesday against Milan, and because um, in Milan, it, it was the, I think it was the highest region that had been affected, they were then closing villages, um, so then they couldn't come back down. And I think the fear from like the, the league was that players would end up getting caught or stuck out with the region and not being able to get home for, for up to two weeks. So... I think they just took the precaution to start with. Um, things are starting to settle down now, though, so hopefully we'll play some football soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're absolutely champing at the bit, but you mentioned it earlier on right at the start of the podcast. You've been in Italy for six years now. Um, how's that six years been looking back at the moment when you left, obviously, to, to move over? Um, you've been to a few clubs as well, so how's that? I know it's a very big question, but how's that six years been for you? Yeah, it's gone quite fast, actually. Um, sometimes I look back and think that I have been here for nearly six years. It's, it's incredible. Um, from where I started to the journey that I've been on to where I am now is, is one of the most incredible experiences that I could ever have. I could never even imagine, sorry, um, in my lifetime. So to, to be settled and be happy in a, in a place that I can actually call home and, and live day to day in a beautiful city is, is really, really incredible. So, Has, uh, has Florence been your favourite stop so far? It has. Um, actually, before coming to Fiorentina, um, I'd only been to play. I hadn't even seen the city, and people were talking about how beautiful it was. It was the most beautiful city in Italy, and 
I'd, I'd obviously been to other places, so I wasn't I wasn't quite sure, but I have to say they are, they are right. Um, it is one of the most beautiful, incredible cities that I've been um, in Italy, so happy. Awesome. Uh, obviously, like one of the things that I think is maybe a bit more common in, in women's football compared with the, the men's side of the game is you have players like yourself who quite quite openly go out, go to Europe and play in different parts of the world. Do you think enough Scottish players across the board take that, that leap of faith often enough? Um, I mean, I think when I took the jump, um, there wasn't many opportunities in women's football um, back then. I think now looking at the Scottish League, it's starting to go professional there also. So now that the girls have a choice that they don't have to go, they can stay at home, um, is obviously great. Um, I think I would still jump at the chance, even if there was home opportunities. I think um, it was something within me that had to that had to grow out with Scotland. So um, I think it is obviously an incredible experience to to learn a different culture, to learn a different language. Um, so I would definitely push people to, to try it. Um, but yeah, again, it's good to see that the Scottish game is, is going back home, so there is not that need to jump and go out with your comfort zone. You've mentioned it there, Lana, so I'll ask you a quick question. You've obviously been keeping track of it as a Scot. Has it made much noise with your, your teammates in terms of what's been going on back home? Um, I mean, I've not spoke to much of them, many of them, but um, just knowing that there is the movement, um, I think it's quite insane. It's making me look and figure out and see who I think is like, going to go, go and win the league there because I think for Glasgow City for so long they've been they've been the number one team and, and people have struggled to beat them. Obviously Hibs have come close but now when you've got the likes of Celtic and Rangers coming in and, and battling and going professional I think it's going to be hard to, to come up against them so um, it'll be very much a, a league to look out for for the results this year. Yeah, I'm quite excited to see how it goes this season after a, a couple of seasons of, as you say, a little bit of predictability, but yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, let's talk about Serie A a little bit more, though. Obviously, as you said, you've been in a long time. There's been quite a lot of happened in Serie A over the last couple of seasons. Obviously, the, the kind of sellouts at Juventus and things like that. How how do you view the, the level of Serie A and how it's progressed since you've been in Italy? Yeah, I think in six years, um, the turnaround's been absolutely incredible. When I first came out, there was... Um, like the clubs were weren't known, um, they were all off their own back of people who had believed in women's football, um, a bit like Scotland. Um, now you've got Juventus, you've got AC Milan, Inter Milan. Obviously, Fiorentina were one of the first teams as well to go, take over a women's team. So um, you've got all these massive names, which makes people want to look, and it brings the following of the men's the men's um, support as well. So uh, it's obviously great for women's football going forward. Yeah, one of the things, um, so I'd, I've spent some time living in Spain, and one of the things that people have said to me is that in Europe there's a, a kind of closer connection between the, the men's and women's sides kind of from the off. Is that something you kind of feel having played in both countries? Um, yeah, I feel like, like I obviously played for Rangers as well, so I think back then it was a little bit different, but it was more family, close friends who would go and watch games, whereas here you have supporters who will follow you wherever you go in the world, like unbelievable we've, we've obviously played in the Champions League in London against Chelsea and Arsenal the fans were there Tavernyako which is way up at the north Barry but down at the south they honestly go anywhere and they don't have connections with the team like they just support them I think that's the massive difference between Scotland and, and European countries yeah that's that's awesome yeah I went to an Atletico Madrid game recently and I felt that as well there's just those bodies there but moving away from club stuff uh 
I don't like dwelling on the World Cup too much, but I think you had a pretty good moment at it, Lara, so I think we better talk about it. Um, how did it feel score? I mean, I know at the end of the game it didn't matter that much, unfortunately, but how did it feel to score an absolute world day at the World Cup? Uh, I still can't even put that into words. Um, I just get a smile on my face and sometimes um, shivers through my body. Um, it really was a great opportunity um, to play, be able to play at the World Cup and come on and score. And the goal that I did, I think I'll remember that for the rest of my life. Yeah, I was actually at that game and I remember being so excited that I could get to see Scotland score that World Cup because it's not happened very often, well, recently at all. <laughs> um, but you're also making your way back from injury. Uh, Scotland, we're recording this just now, Scotland are away in Spain for the Pinotar Cup. Um, do you look at the squad just now and think it's probably the most competitive it's been? 100%. There's so many, so many good players coming through. The youth... Um, You've got younger girls like Amy Muir coming in. You've got Jamie Lee Napier that's on the verge as well, like down at Chelsea. So um, they're so... That's my dinner. Sorry. <laughs> um, that's all right. It's apt. We're going to be talking about food in a wee bit, so it's cool. <laughs> on one second, I'm going to turn that little bit off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving this in. This is good. Sorry, yeah. Just... um. There are so many great young players coming through. So for someone like myself out from injury, obviously it's knowing that there's hard work there to put in to try and get back in the squads. Um, it's good. It's, I mean, this is where we wanted the national team to be, to be more competitive. So yeah, I'm always happy that there's there's more girls with great quality coming through. And do you think playing at Lee helps or hinders you depending on, on how you're getting on? Um, I mean, it's obviously harder for the coaches to see me. Um, but we're in 2020 there's always video footage there's always stuff there there's a phone to see how we're getting on so yeah I mean I'm not not that fast it's not hindered me in the last six years so perfect right I tell you what that's enough of the football chat purely because your oven went off as well and I know <laughs> I'm now very much up for talking about some food um so before I ask you the first question what's what's in the oven shepherd's pie she whoa homemade shepherd's pie homemade shepherd's pie is that something that you uh, have a hankering for every now and again? Do you know what? I made it for the first time about six or seven months ago. Um, some of my friends came over for dinner, and Italians love it. So it's on the menu quite a lot in, in the Lana household. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect to say I thought you were going to say something like pizza. I know that's very, that's very stereotypical. Can't believe I just said that. But yeah, uh, Shepherd's Pie, awesome. Right, okay. So we'll get back on track a little bit now. Uh, in terms of food, how do you rate yourself as a foodie? Do, like on a scale of one to ten, how much does food uh, ring your bell? I, I mean, food's the best. I, food's a thought on my mind nearly all day, every day. Um, I cook. Um, I enjoy being in the kitchen. Um, it has to be something that um, makes me tick. Like. I, and any a random dish can I don't know I, I love cooking different stuff like Mexican, um, shepherd's pie, <laughs> <laughs> um, simple stuff I don't really do. I'm more like getting into the recipe if that makes sense. So do you have like a few books checking about and stuff like that? Books, nah. Um, BBC Good Food, <laughs> they have the best. Is that you try? I tell you what, yeah, BBC Good Food. That's a plug. So if somebody from the BBC is listening to this, then they can give us some money for it as well. Awesome. We'll do that. Um, so, yeah, you've mentioned the fact you like to cook, obviously, living in Italy. Is that, have you noticed in terms of the things you've been trying? Has that influenced some of the dishes you, you try over time? 
yeah, I mean, back in Scotland, I was quite a simple eater. Um, chicken, eggs, like, plain stuff. Um, I think coming to Italy, you've kind of got to try different stuff, um, all different types of pastas. Starting to get onto fish a bit now as well, so um, definitely a change in what I eat. I think my mum's surprised every time she comes out and I maybe cook or we go out for dinner and she's just like, you just used to eat chicken nuggets, Lana, when you were a little girl. Like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so is that something that you've had to adapt to or is it something you've wanted to or is it something that you've had encouragement from like friends and teammates over there? Yeah, I think to start with, I was a bit in shock because things were different, um, even the way they're cooked. So I think to start with, I was a bit iffy about it, but then getting older, like you want to try new things, you want to, you want to be able to go out for a meal and not have to worry about, oh, I don't even like anything. So yeah, gradually, I think over the six years, I've, I've dived into a little bit more um, different variety of foods. So. Have you got like a, a something that you're really proud that you tried and you've liked, or you've got something you're really proud that you've tried and you've not liked since you moved? That's a hard question. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll give you some time to think about it because we'll maybe come back to it a little bit later on. Um, one of the questions I always like to ask when I, I do these interviews is a very simple one, which is, what do you have for your breakfast? Because I think breakfast tells a lot about a person. So for you, what was your breakfast this morning? My breakfast this morning was Weetabix and coffee. Uh, dry or with milk? No, with milk. That's okay. <laughs> um, when, uh, <laughs> I know that seems like a controversial thing to say, but uh, I do know people that just have dry Weetabix, um, stick a bit of butter on it, but yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of coffee, how do you take your coffee? Has that changed? Because I know in Italy, obviously, they're super fond of an espresso and down it very quick. What's your what's your coffee of choice? I'm Italian. Espresso, um. yep. Gone there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so... We were talking earlier on, obviously, you've been kind of out of action for a wee while and obviously just got back into it. Uh, when you were not in training mode, I know you were coming back to fitness, did your diet change at all? Massively. Um, I think as athletes, it's probably one of the biggest struggles um, when you go from training once, twice a day to not being able to move off your bum. Um, especially straight away after my operation, I was obviously um, couch-bound for 10 days. Um, so there, you're not you're not being able to eat as as you had it before. So having to cut that down straight away is really really hard. Um, but then slowly, when you start getting moving again, it's you're you're not your body doesn't crave in as much as as you would usually need. So from there, it kind of gets a little bit easier. But definitely for the first two or three weeks is really really hard. So do you have to like change your approach to your diet when you're on recovery? So for example, now you're kind of back at getting back up to full fitness. Is your diet now different from what it would be when you're in kind of the recovery zone for one of a, a less? Yeah, massively. Know? So I think there was a stage where um, I'd been back in full training. Obviously, from a from a rehab point of view, you go from like so many so many hours in the gym to then maybe a little less hours in the gym, but also on the pitch. So in that stage where your body's just craving more food, more protein. Um, sometimes if you don't, if you watch, you hit like a, a really tired stage where your body's like, what are you doing to me? Um, in that stage, it's, it's about getting more protein in. So um, we're lucky enough to have um, meals with the club. So um, there would be more protein options there or with a protein shake with, in, with your, in with your lunch um, or just after and then after training and, and stuff as well. So um, it is massive to, to get those things on board. 
On that, on that theme, then you mentioned you, you can obviously have the meals at the club. What what constitutes like a, a normal day's meals for you then, in terms of your kind of start of day up until end? Yep. So we train um, usually in the afternoon, unless it's a gym session, then we'd be in the morning. So usually breakfast at home, um, and then we all eat lunch together. Um, so you get um, a choice of a salad or vegetables as a as a first, like a um, antipasto. Don't know what you say that in, in English. Um, I think it's the same word. I think you're all right. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you would be given a, a rice or a pasta option, and then a meat or a fish option. Um, so throughout the week it can change. There's obviously as well pre-game, after game. There's a lot maybe a little like a sweet in there as well. So it just really depends. Like there's a nutritionist that follows and and sets our meals for us. So. Yeah, I was going to ask that about whether there was nutritious debate. Was that something that took a little bit of getting used to when you kind of first had that as, a, as an option? Uh, yeah, I think living by yourself as well, like maybe before training I would just have a bowl of pasta. Um, so going from that to then three 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 dishes, obviously takes your body a little while getting used to. Um, but then you start feeling the difference, you feel fresher, you feel more energetic. So definitely, definitely good for you. And then in terms of match days, uh, obviously Fiorentina have to do quite a bit of travelling, at least fairly big country. Does that change at all in match day in terms of what you have to eat and how you can feel yourself ahead of a game? Um, ours changes quite a bit. Um, there's a lot of games that we would maybe have kick off at 12 o'clock, so that means you're having a brunch rather than a lunch or a breakfast. So um, some people are different. Myself, I prefer a bigger breakfast than a lunch, but there's also the option there for pasta or for rice or for chicken. Um, for those of those who like it, but I prefer sticking with um, the bigger breakfast and just maybe doubling up on things that I would usually have. Um, are you back in training just now? You've obviously come back from a spell, but when you are training, do you get like a cheat day or a cheat meal you're allowed to have a week? Um, usually after game day, it's probably the day where or the evening where you can go and not do what you want, but. There's maybe a pizza in there, there's maybe a hamburger or something. Um, to, yeah, it's probably the best time to do it. Um, you've just played a game, 90 minutes at the legs. Um, you maybe get your protein straight after the game, but the evening you're you're probably out sometimes with the team as well and, and a pizza goes down nicely. I was going to ask, what's, what's your favourite if you're, if you're having a go-to? Is it pizza? Go-to pizza? Mm. Lately, I've been quite strange. I've had pepperoni with potatoes and onions. All right, okay. Like right. kind of, I'm guessing it's thin, thin potato, not like a big bit of mash. Thin sliced potatoes. Awesome. Um, most people when I ask that question about pizza, they always say chicken. Chicken and peppers, that usually comes up quite a lot. Exist on pizzas in Italy. Yeah, awesome. Um, in terms of stuff you miss from home, uh, is there anything, is there, if you were told you could bring one thing back uh, to Italy from Scotland, I mean, do you have actually anything in the factors <laughs> now that you always bring back? Every time my mum and dad come out, they usually bring bacon. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, is, is it the bacon not right? Bacon's not bacon. Our bacon's the bacon. So is it kind of, <laughs> bacon's not bacon. No, I know exactly what you mean, because I've, I've had rolls and bacon before, and I've just gone, this is, this is weird, it's not... Right, so I take it as a, like, this is a very bacon-centric question. So is it like back bacon in terms of the kind of stuff you'd get normally if you ask for a rolling bacon in a shop back home? Aye. Aye, like that. Yeah, because it's dead, it's dead fatty, if I remember rightly, and kind of... Uh, the fact, that kind of be getting eaten. 
Yeah, definitely not. In terms of uh, foods that you can't stand, I kind of touched on it earlier on. Is there anything that you would always avoid? Like if you if you were like out for dinner and you just you couldn't be polite, you would just have to leave it. Is there anything that's kind of falls into that category? Salmon. Salmon? Mm. Is that not quite a popular footballer's choice? Massive. And I get the absolute taken out of me for being Scottish and not eating salmon over here as well. <laughs> because because you're Scottish and you're not eating they're like, what's the point? Why, why is it about it? Scotland is the best. Yeah. I just don't like, I don't like the taste. I don't like nothing. It's just not doing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, cool. That's 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 you know I said awesome again and I stopped myself. That's good. So we've talked about things you don't like. Let's flip it around and talk about things you do like. So if you were to get sent to a desert island and you were only to take one item of food with you or drink, um, what would it be? A steak. Fiorentina steak. Fiorentina steak. I also appreciate the dramatic pause you gave, even though we both know the answer was coming already. That's uh, super good of you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a Fiorentina steak is that. A, a particular style of steak then? It is a particular big, massive steak done like nobody else in the world. If nobody knows what a Fiorentina steak is, get yourself to Florence and try one. And how do, how do you have it? Do you have it like rare? You get to choose. It's not like going into a restaurant and say, oh, really? no, it's done how it's done. Um, very red in the middle, um, yeah. but no blood that comes off it. There's no nothing. It's, it's the steak. Does it come with anything when you get it, or is it just a case of you get steak? And you, can food. You, get, you could get potatoes, you could get chips, you could get vegetables. Depends on the restaurant, really. Cool. But yeah, Fiorentina steak, so there we go. There's there's one recommendation about uh, going to have something to eat in Florence. And that was going to be my last question for you, Lana. In terms of anybody was going to be in Florence and they were looking for something really good and authentic and Florenzi, what, what would you recommend? To eat? Yeah. Gonna have to say the steak. That's it's probably their main dish, as you won't get anywhere else in the country. So probably just gonna have to stick with that. So the steak. That yeah. sounds pretty good. I mean, you described it very well um, in terms of who wants it and who doesn't. Um, well, I think I've got to say thank you very much again for doing this, Lana. It's super appreciated. Um, obviously, wish you all the best for the rest of the season. As you say, it's the 21st century as well. So if people want to see Fiorentina, there'll be a way of doing it. Um, so make sure you do that but Lana thank you very much thank you very much um, and thanks again for listening uh, please remember that you can subscribe to Leading the Line on all the usual podcast sites like, see or subscribe give it five stars and we'll be back again soon but thanks very much for listening for now it doesn't make me smile.